about you, but when you're a traveler, that's the sort of thing you want. You know, you might have a really high powered job that you do full time. When you're on holidays, you want that relaxation and that re- that recharge because that's really good for the well-being and Welcome to the Crossing It Off podcast, where each episode we share the stories of individuals that are living out their bucket slash life goal lists. I am your host, Roger Williams, and through hearing our guests' adventures, my goal is that you will find encouragement and empowerment to add and cross items off of your list. Welcome, everybody. I am so excited for this episode. I want to introduce you to my guest. Her name is Linda King, and she described herself as a travel writer, a blogger, and an author. Uh, Linda, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Roger. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So tell us, what is the thing that you crossed off your bucket list? Well, the amazing place, the Amalfi Coast in Italy. Okay. So... Uh, how long had that been something that you wanted to do? What was the, what was, what led up to actually taking the trip? So I've always had a love of Italy um, and been there a number of times. Um, I worked in the travel industry, so I had, had, you know, great opportunities to go there, but never gone to the Amalfi Coast. And you probably see all the picture postcard, beautiful, you know, houses on the side of the cliff. And I just thought, I have to get there. I have to get to the Amalfi Coast. And so I did it. And I was not disappointed. It was an amazing place. Um, and somewhere I think everyone should go and visit at least once in their life. So the Amalfi Coast, my understanding, it's not just like one place. It's a multi, It's up and down. Which side of Italy? Where is it located? And what cities and stuff would people recognize if you started talking about it? So the place that I went to was Positano. So we we started in Sorrento, which I think is the unofficial gateway sort of in that region. And then we did the really scary one-way road, cliffside road, um, which you don't want to look out the window if you're in a tour bus, which is what I was in. Um, You can get a bit of anxiety if you don't like heights. Um, But what you see at the end in this, you know, the village of Positano is just magnificent, right? It's... I haven't got, even got the words to describe it. So there is other parts of the Amalfi, which is probably Cinque Terre and all those other places. But the place that I went to was Positano. And, yeah, I, I don't have the words to describe it. It was just so spectacular, what, I, what you see down there. And how big is the city? Is that, that city that you stayed in, is it large? Is it small? It's pretty small. If you're sort of looking at... You know, looking at judging it against, say, somewhere like Florence or Rome, mm-hmm. nowhere near as big as that. But it's, I suppose it was once an old poor uh, fishing village, which has become quite big, obviously, because of the, the, um, the popularity and, and mm-hmm. tourism and the, the promotion. So, it, it, yeah, it, it's probably, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a place that might be um, close in size. Maybe it might be like your Siena or Verona. You know, they're a little bit smaller in Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, when people go down to, to Positano, you've got the beach. You've got the restaurants that are on the, the beachfront. Mm-hmm. You've got the beach where people have got their sunbeds and they're doing the water sports. And 
you've got the shopping and you've got the art galleries and and so yeah it, it's, it's a real tourism sort of place um you could spend many days down there going through little alleys and finding different little shops I'm a big shopper so I love the shopping mm -hmm. um but there were some art galleries in there that I went into as well um but for me as an Australian as you can tell by my accent um, we have sandy beaches, which are quite um, white. Down there, they've got black beaches, black sort of um, pebble sort of beaches. And that, for me, was so intriguing because it's something very different to what I'm, what I'm used to in my country and other places that I've visited. Um, but, yeah, it's just I haven't got words. I was in a restaurant. I um, needed to get in a restaurant that had a view of, mm -hmm. of the water. Um, and I just thought to myself, I had to pinch myself that I was actually there. It was like, oh my God, I dreamed about going down there and I was I was there. It was just, yeah, it was like a um, pinch yourself moment, I, I suppose, but um, so pleased that I went there. It was one thing that I've marked off my bucket list. Um, and, yeah, I would highly recommend it to anyone that wants to wants to go there. So I've been to Rome and I've been to other cities in Italy. What what's besides the size? What's the like the difference between the Amalfi Coast and some other places in Italy? Why is it so different? What's why would you highly recommend it? What's the what's the draw factor? I don't know. It's it's just this. There's something about it when you go down there. So obviously, there's a lot less people down there. You've got mm. mainly a lot of tourists and people that are local. But yeah, it's. It's like one of those dreamy places. Um, so, you know, you might go to other islands and it, it's sort of like the relaxation hits you straight away. So it's, it's like, like a vibe that you get down there. If you go to, say, Rome, I love Rome and I love Florence and all those other European cities, but they're a lot more busy. Mm -hmm. um, everyone's go, go, go. There is relaxation when you go there because obviously you're on, a, on the holidays. But something about the Malfi Coast just hits you. It's like a vibe. It's a very... I don't know. I think it's a lot more relaxing down there. People are taking it very slow. So it's it's sort of like, Roger, it's like the slow travel. You know how people talk about slow travel? Mm -hmm. Yes. You, you could do a lot of slow travel down there. Um, you haven't got the pressure on you. If you feel like being in a restaurant, like a, a waterfront restaurant for a few hours, you're not going to get pushed along, um, you know, as long as you're buying something, obviously, sure. <laughs> getting meals in there. Um, but it's got that sort of slow travel um, element about it. And you just sort of lose all, all um, concept of time, I think, when you're down there. But, and I think you're just in the in the, um, the dream phase, I suppose. I was in the dream phase. It was carrying me down there. And, and you know, I looked at the clock and I went, oh, my God, it's 4 o'clock already. And it was, <laughs> you just lose track of time. And I think, I don't know about you, but when you're a traveller, that's the sort of thing you want. You know, you might have a really high-powered job that you do full-time. When you're on holidays, you want that relaxation and that, re that recharge because that's really good for the well-being and, you know, and it's something that you look forward to as well and you really want to just, like, you know, be laid back and, and relax. So I know what it's like in the U.S. <clears throat> when folks travel to Europe. There is this mm -hmm. kind of expectation that, oh, you've got to do all the things. Right. You, mm -hmm. Yeah. Get this list together and do all the things. And if you don't do all the things, there's questioning of why you went. Right. So you talk about slow travel and that, that's a very foreign concept to, to Americans. Is that the same as it is in Australia? Is it 
are people like, oh, you've got to see X. You're going to Italy. You're traveling that far because it's probably just as far or farther for you to get to Italy as it would be for me for the States. And is there that sense of others in Australia that you you went how far and you only did this one little space or you only did this one little thing or do people or the slow travel like you talk about do people embrace that as much where you're from i think it depends on how much time you've got so you can't do slow travel if you've only got say one week annual leave um but if you've got more time then um you can do that i think australians are a little cross bit of a cross section so if you've got that limited time you've never been to that place there's obviously tourist attractions that you want to see. There might be tours that you might want to go on. Um, but if you've been to that place a number of times, then you can't afford to do a bit more slow travel because you've already marked those things off your list. You know that you've done those things. Um, but it really depends on the time. So um, for me, I try and have as... Because Australia is so far away from Europe, I try and have as many weeks as I can, if mm -hmm. not months, over there because it, it's taken me almost 24 hours to get there. So right. for me, it's about, I do a little bit of the organisation. So it might be if I go to a new country and I haven't been there, I'll do a few of the tourist attractions, but I also allow a little bit of that relaxation and slow travel in my itinerary, because I think you need a balance because you don't want to be stressing yourself and going, all right, I've got to get on the bus at 7am and, you know, be getting up early and, and all that. So it's sort of counterintuitive. So you just want to, I suppose, a cross section, depending on what you're going, obviously. Yeah, I did a I did a bunch of slow travel in Italy recently, and I, I learned to embrace the term stroll. Like I, I'm not walking mm. someplace, I'm not going someplace, I'm strolling to someplace and really just taking my time and, and being in the moment as just walking, whether it was the gelato store or the focaccia or whatever it is. What's mm. uh what was Let's talk about food a little bit. Um, the food I, I found in, in Italy is diverse all over. What's the food like in the Amalfi Coast? Divine. Melt in the mouth. Um, <laughs> you know, if you're having like, because I love the pizzas in Italy. Mm. I love how they, they're diff very different to the ones we get here. Um, but I had, I think it was spaghetti bolognese, I think it was, or some sort of dish like that. You could basically put it in your mouth and it would just melt away. It was that fresh, the produce, you could tell the difference. Um, you know, it, it was so much fresher. Um, you can always tell that. And I think in Italy, to be better than everywhere you go is similar to that. But for some reason, it must have been because they're on the water and, and, and the produce is that fresh. Mm. Just melt in your mouth. Um, yeah, I don't think I've ever had... The food that I had down there, the same anywhere else in the world. Um, but, you know, they're, they're getting a lot of practice, I have to say, Roger, because they're getting a lot of tourists down there. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, you know, obviously they want to bring more tourists down there, so they want the good reviews, right? So, um, but, yeah, forget, forget the name of the restaurant that I was that I was in, but it was right on the water, one, uh, right near the beach. Um, but there's so many places there, but... You wouldn't go wrong anywhere, I would right. say. Yeah, yeah. I was in Matera, Italy, for a month, and that, that was the way I felt about Matera. It's just like mm -hmm. I can walk into any of these places and I'll be okay. It's not, I'm not scared That's of anything. It. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it's all good. What was the one thing that surprised you about the Amalfi Coast? Like when you went, 
you obviously done some research on it and you looked into it and decided that this is where I want to go. What was one of the good surprises that you found um, going there? One thing that I found out was no one sells their property down there. Apparently the properties get passed down through generation to generation. Apparently none of the properties there get sold on the market. Huh. I was blown away by that. Um, I think if they did, they'd be going for millions because right. of just the view. Um, what else? I think um, just the actual um, the people down there, they seem, I, I was imagining that they would be more um, touristy, if mm -hmm. I can use the word, because um, you get a lot of that in Rome and a lot of the other European, the, the, the Roman, you know, the Italian cities. Everything was just really laid back. Um, I didn't expect that. Mm. I, I'd heard stories, but I just didn't. You know, and I think it's a problem. Um, so I think they were um, really embracing everything that, that, that is going on down there um, and nothing was a problem. And I, I just really found that refreshing. But, yeah, finding out that no one sells their property down there really blew my mind. Yeah, um, that's interesting. Because I, I'm surprised that someone like from Hollywood hasn't offered someone money down there to buy a property on the coast, you know, on the, on the cliff face. I'm sure they but have. Yeah, they, <laughs> they probably have and they probably turned them down. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, that blew my mind when I found that out. And that was a, quite an interesting tip, I would say, that, you know, um, it, it means that they're keeping the, the property in the family and they probably paid not a lot for the property and now it's probably worth multi-millions. Is there, was there anything that... Um you were disappointed in during your trip that you thought this was going to be better than this? I don't think there was anything that disappointed me down there. I was just so amazed and blown away. Probably a little bit disappointed about the road going down there <laughs> being so um, so dangerous. But, oh, look, you've got to do a, get a bit of pain to get going, don't you? Um, yeah. So um, I, I sort of, I'm not good with heights, so I didn't really want to look out the window too much. I did a little bit because I didn't want to miss, you know, the right. water and, and, and the view, but it was like, I was, he said, we're not going to, it's not going to be too much longer. We'll be down in Positano shortly. And I was like, great. Fingers crossed that nothing happens to us <laughs> on the way, but he was very, very experienced, the guy that drove us. So um, would I do it myself? Absolutely not. There's no way I would drive, get in a hire car and drive that road. No way. Um, leave it to the experts. There you go. So if there was uh, one thing you would tell somebody said you were talking to them and they said, oh, I, I think I'm going to go to the Amalfi Coast, what would, be, what would be the one thing you'd say, oh, you've got to finish that sentence? You've got to do what? They've got to have a, a meal in one of the restaurants down there because mm -hmm. they will not regret that. I'd say give yourself time down there to really experience everything that it's got to offer. It's only a small place, but there's so much, um, you know, that you, unless you've got the time, you can't go down there on, a, on I suppose, on a, I got dropped down there with a day tour, but I stayed down there afterwards. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't want to go on a day tour and then come back because you just, it's not giving, you're not given enough time to actually experience everything that it's got to offer. So if you want someone to drop you down there, absolutely go on a tour, get them to drop you there and then and stay down there. Um, but yeah, give yourself time because there's just so much to do. And 
you know, it depends, Roger, on what you what you like. If you love water sports, you'd be down there for at least a day just doing the water sports uh-huh. and, and lying on the beach without even looking at the restaurant, looking at the art galleries. Um, another thing that they've got, that which is really magnificent, they've got a really um, lovely coloured tiles and all that sort of stuff. They make all that sort of stuff and it's like a blue and sort of real pastel-y sort of um, yeah. colour. A lot of that's in the art galleries, and you get to and get to learn a bit about the history, about how they were a poor fishing village, and how it became what it is now. Going on a day tour, you with the limited time you've got, you can't really absorb yourself in all that. So, my advice is try and spend a bit of time, if you can, um, to to really experience what it's got to offer. Yeah, I found that you know we. Lots of people talk about it when you intentionally travel that you get changed through your travel that you you get transformed. What was maybe your transformation after you were done visiting the Amalfi Coast? What was what, what had changed in you, or what was something that you took away from that? Going, okay, I'm never gonna forget this. I just think I thought, my God, I've just got to go and see the rest of them at Malfi Coast next time I'm over <laughs> there. Because if this is only a snapshot, I've just got to see so much. Transformed, I think the big transformation for me is I just thought, how lucky am I to be able to see these beautiful places in the world? Lucky that to have the opportunity and feel so blessed that I've got that opportunity. I think mm. Something as a traveller, and I've been doing it for a number of years now, I was really lucky as a child that my parents loved to travel, so we did a lot of it. I just think I'm, I feel so blessed that I've been able to have this travel life. Mm-hmm. And if people aren't travellers, I, I can't explain to them how much they're missing out on seeing these other places in the world. It's like if you travel, don't travel, you're, not, you're reading one chapter in a book and you're not exploring those other chapters, you know, and it's... It enhances your life. You learn a lot. It's an education. You actually become grateful for your own place that you live in. Um, and you just learn and, and get to experience other cultures. I just think if it's one thing that people do in their life is to just travel even that little bit, it will just transform you as a person. Yeah, I believe that, that is true. Linda, what's the next thing on your bucket list? What's something that you'd like to cross off that's maybe a little bit different than uh, visiting more cities in Italy? What's something else that's on your bucket list? So I'm going to Greece and the Greek islands because after seeing Amalfi, mm-hmm. Greek islands is my next next stop. I haven't been there. Um, but also Greece, I'm really interested in, in um, history. So I love Roman and Greek history. So That'll be my next slow trip, and I'm hoping next year um, that I get to do that. But, yeah, absolutely can't wait for that, and that'll be another bucket list item. Um, But, yeah, I'm sure that the Greek islands will be as magnificent as the Amalfi from all that I've heard um, and people that I know that have been there. Um, But, yeah, that's definitely going to be the next on the bucket list. But, Roger, my bucket list is so long. <laughs> I don't know whether I'm going to get to it in a lifetime, but I'm going to give it a really red hot crack. I can tell you now. So, what drives you to have that kind of bucket list? What what what's what's the reason for focusing on that and and really having a long one or or just being engaged with that? What what in your life caused you to be in that place? So, Italy was something that I studied in high school, mm-hmm. um, and I also learned Italian in high school. And then also obviously did the ancient history. So 
that had been a long coming bucket list item for me. Um, I think Amalfi just sort of um, organically came about because I'd traveled through the rest of Italy. Um, but I think with bucket lists for me, and it's just probably an emotional thing and maybe a childhood dream, if there's any sort of childhood dream attached to that bucket list item, then it's going to really spur me on to, to mm. pursue that item. There's another place that was a was a another one before Amalfi was um, Salzburg because of Sound of Music. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone loves Sound of Music. I'd been to Austria, but not to Salzburg. Um, so I got the train to Salzburg and everything that I imagine it to be, it was. Um, but that was like a childhood dream. As a kid, you know, every year they play Sound of Music in Australia. I don't know about in, in the States whether oh, they yeah. do that very regularly because it's one of the classics, right? Oh, yes. And so in my mind, I obviously have these pictures of Salzburg and, and all the Sound of Music, um, to, you know, locations did not let me down. I went there and I saw it all and it was like childhood dream, bucket list, marked off. So I think, and I speak for myself and, you know, obviously this could be the same for other travellers, I think there's got to be some sort of emotional attachment mm. or some reason that people want to mark off their bu- something off their bucket list and it's about, you know, obviously childhood dream or something that, that's really inspired them. And you get to realise that. So it's it's not only visiting that place, but it's also, it's like completing the dream, I suppose. That you, you know, it's come to reality and it's, it, it's, it's, it gives you hope because you think, okay, I have these dreams and we're going to make these dreams come true. So, um, but for me, that, that personally, that's what goes into my bucket list. A lot of the, lot of the destinations on that list. Yeah, I recently went to London and, you know, people are saying, oh, you got to do this, you got to do that. And I spent a whole day, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but there's an American TV show called Ted Lasso. And yes. uh, and I, yeah. I, I went and visited all the places I could find that were Ted Lasso related, like the, the, the practice field, the pub that they hang out in, all those kind of things. And I just had a great day. It was, I mean, it was kind of a pain getting around to those places, but I just, you know, when I was next to that practice field, I just, my, my face started hurting because I was smiling so good. And it was just like, this is, you know, mm-hmm. I could, I would never stand next to Big Ben or Parliament and, and have that big of a smile. It was just, I was so glad that I did that because it was something that mattered to me. And so. Um, yes, so I think absolutely. And, and that's the thing, right? A smile isn't off your face because you're just in such awe that you've mm-hmm. actually, you're actually there. Um. And that's what life's about, right? Yeah. Getting those moments. So, yeah, I absolutely agree with you, Roger. It's, you, you can't put it into words. It, 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 someone has to experience it for themselves and then they understand. Yeah. Linda, thank you so much for being here. How can my listeners uh, get in touch with you and learn more about your travel adventures and things you're doing? Sure, yeah. So if I've got a website. So it's a smarttravelista.com. Um, I'm also on all the social media, so Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, I've also got books um, that I write and also give travel tips. So I'm on Amazon. So all you need to search for is a smart travelista on on Amazon books and you'll find me there. Um, But I also am on an email address. So linda at thesmarttravelista.com. People can get a hold of me. Love having a chat, love engaging. um, And yeah, just love it. And 
when I engage with people, they give me great ideas. So yeah. I just absolutely love it. So the feedback I get, they're like, can you write about this? Can you do this? And it's so great. So, yeah, anyone that's listening, you want to learn more about travel, also about writing, come and see me. Um, I'm happy to help out and answer any questions awesome. um, and connect on social. Yeah, we will put all those uh, links in the show notes so that our, our listeners can get to those pretty easily. Linda, thank right. you so much for being here. I wish you all the luck in the future and the, and uh, that you continue to enjoy your your travel with uh, a lot of vigor and, and gusto. So I appreciate the, your attitude. Great. Thanks, Roger. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure talking to you. As a reminder to our listeners, in this episode's show notes, you will find links to learn more about this week's guests and information on how you can cross this item off of your list. You can follow my adventures of crossing items off my bucket list on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, new episodes of this podcast are available to stream every Friday morning. We will meet you here next week. And until then, keep living out your list. <laughs>